Welcome to episode 87 of the Sue B and You podcast. This thing has been going on for a while, and uh, we're getting that much closer to episode 100. Still don't know what I'm going to do for it. Uh, maybe it'll just be a regular episode and it's just episode 100. But either way, I'm glad that you have all stuck around for this long and that you continue to enjoy the podcast and listen and share. I really appreciate that. It means a lot that I started this thing off just kind of from an idea and it's come to where it has. So I'm really excited about that. So thank you all so much. On this episode, I talked to Ryan, who goes by That Rad Wagon on Instagram. This was another episode, two in a row now, where I actually met the person before I had them on the podcast, because I met Ryan at the Soft Road Nation one-year anniversary a year ago. So this past weekend, I know, was a pretty hard weekend for a lot of people. Um, it was the anniversary of the passing of Chris which was right before the one-year anniversary of Soft Road Nation, which was Labor Day weekend, and that's going to be this coming weekend. So if you saw yesterday, I put up a reel with some photos of Chris and some other people and a little tribute to him. So I didn't know if that was going to be a good thing or if it was just going to be too hard for people to see that but I just wanted to be able to do something to pay tribute to him and to those who loved him so hope you enjoyed it and I uh, just wanted again to be able to help shed some light on his life and what he has left behind which is a hole for some people um, but also a lot of love and a lot of great memories so I wish I could have met him in person, but I'm thankful that I was able to have him on the podcast and be surrounded by so many people that did know him. So we love you, Chris. We miss you. And uh, we know you would be proud of us. Here in just a few minutes, we will get into the conversation with Ryan. Uh, I really had a good time talking to him. He had some pretty crazy stories, so I'm excited to share that with everybody and uh, hear what he has to say about his Subaru journey. So we'll get into that here in a little bit. If you haven't done so, go check out SubaruGear.com. They have a lot of Subaru branded merchandise from hats, t-shirts, things for your pets, things for your home, for your car. They also have Subaru Motorsports USA gear. And when you go to SubaruGear.com and you choose the items that you want to purchase, when you get to check out, you can use the code SUBI and you to get free shipping. So go check out SubaruGear.com and find your perfect Subaru branded merchandise. Thank you so much, SubaruGear.com, for sponsoring the SUBI and you podcast. This episode is also brought to you by Rika VS. They have some really great styles for their off-road wheels that will match and fit your Subaru and your lifestyle. Rika is committed to providing customers, that's you, with the highest quality specialized wheels and lift kits that will allow you to travel further, experience new adventures, and discover extraordinary destinations. They want to make sure that you are ready for anything wherever adventure takes you. 
Their Flowform process creates both lightweight and durable wheels, which are of the highest quality and are built to satisfy the requirements of all of you adventure enthusiasts. Rika lift kits raise your Subaru to protect the vehicle's underbody from damage while off-roading, which is something that so many of us love to do because we cannot stick to the pavement. The lift kits were also designed to increase the vehicle ride height in order to accommodate larger tires while maintaining the factory ride quality and alignment. The quest for adventure begins with you, and Rika is what gets you there. Be sure to use the code SUBIU10 to get 10% off of your set of wheels or lift kit. Thank you so much, Rika VS, for sponsoring the Subi and You podcast. Where are my Apple Podcast listeners? Go give it a five-star rating and a five-star review and let people know what you think about the podcast. It also lets me know what you think about the podcast. Uh, I like to take some of those ratings and put them on the website as well because I want to be able to have them in more than one place. And so if anybody goes and visits the website, they can see the reviews there as well. So please go it helps the show get seen more. It helps it moves up in the rankings as well so that we could get the word out there even more about the podcast. So please keep sharing. Please keep subscribing. Hopefully we get new subscribers. And if you want to rep the podcast, you can go to com, click on decals and get a decal for your rig and also help support the podcast. So we will get into this episode now with Ryan, a.k.a. That Rad Wagon, and hear some of his crazy stories. This is cool, too, because he is another member of Soft Road Nation. He is one of the admins for Soft Road Nation NorCal, and they are doing some great things up there. So here we go with that conversation. Yeah, let's go ahead and get this thing started. And uh, perfect. Yeah, welcome to the Subi and You podcast. And uh, it's great to have you as a guest, and it's great to see you again. Uh, see you for those listening because I record via Zoom, although I don't record the video, I just record the audio. But I met Ryan almost a year ago back at the Soft Road Nation one year anniversary and celebration of Chris. Yeah, uh, thank you so much for having me. This is an honor, and finally meeting you at that one year was a blessing. I mean, you kind of surprised us all. <laughs> yeah, I still have uh, Yvette to thank, uh, Kangri Trek, because we were chatting, and I said something about only being able to come out there for the day on Sunday, because I'm like, I got to go back and get to work on Monday. And she said, but Monday's a holiday. I was like, okay, well, that changes everything. So then I booked a flight and left on Sunday morning to come out there and went back Monday. And you were the one that took me back to the airport. So thank you so much for that. And thank you for letting me stay in the hotel, man. That was awesome, too. 
course. It's my pleasure. Uh, hopefully my spare tire didn't take up too much room. <laughs> no, I know it was a little cramped in the uh, Baja, but um, so it was really cool getting to hang out with you and Rick because y'all, we, I remember we were driving out of the event. We we're driving off the beach and there was like such a long line getting out of there. It took us forever to get out of there. And then we went and had dinner and just, it was just so cool. Just like chilling with you guys, you know, having a drink and having some food and just talking. And, and then, uh, you know, again, thanks for letting me stay at the hotel and then driving me to the airport. Oh, of course. It was my pleasure. Uh, it was a lovely dinner. We got to chat, uh, chat up a storm. But that traffic leaving, everyone <laughs> everyone talked about how bad it was. And I'm used to Bay Area traffic, so it was nothing new to me. But an hour plus? Yeah, to, and, then, and then the next day, didn't y'all have like a 10-hour drive just to get back home or something like that? Uh, so getting back home is a lot easier than getting into L.A. and the San Diego area. Um I think it took us 12 to 14 hours. The grapevine was backed up. Once we get on top of the hill where Great America is, we had to make a pit stop and then just traffic the whole way down. I think we got to our hotel at 2 in the morning. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> it's late. And then y'all had to get up really early to make it out to the or what time did you get out to the event? Oh, this was before the sun came up. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, we were in line to go into Fiesta Island at sunrise. That's crazy. And, of course, my Starbucks self was saying, I really could use some coffee. <laughs> and um, I think Neil Skis, um, Safro Nation John, a couple people overheard me say that. They started pulling money out and said, here. Go get coffee. Nice. We'll set up a whole stand and I put my hands up. I was like, yes, coffee. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it was it was cool getting there really early. And I'm because it was a uh, snake in my boots that picked me up from the airport. And he still had his trek back then. So it was really cool because I'm like standing there. And that was like the first time I had ever seen like a really modded out you know, Subaru in person, like Overland Subaru. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, yep, that's definitely him rolling up. So hopped in the car and took me down there because he, he had picked me up from the airport. And uh, it was just really cool, you know, to get down there and meet everybody in person. And And it was, you know, I knew him because I was riding with him. And then I knew John, I knew Nielskis, I knew Yvette and a few other people. But then I was having to ask John and Yvette and like Neil, like, okay, who is this? Okay, I know this person with this Instagram handle, but what's their name and where are they? <laughs> because I didn't really know who anybody was by face. You know, it's funny you bring that up because I didn't really know anybody's name. Like, nobody. I walked around and it was such an emotional day for me, especially. I kind of just walked around, enjoyed the vibe. People came up to me and they knew who I was. Yeah. My name used to be in my bio and they would say, Ryan, that rad wagon. And I'm just like, uh, hi. Hello. <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry. What's your name? Yeah. 
I know. I think we had said something later on, like, oh, we should have had name tags for our name and our Instagram handle, which I think is a really good idea for meetups. That Wow, that's an amazing... I'm going to actually have to take that idea. Um, wow. Yeah, that was when we were packing up because we used the truck bed of the Baja for the raffle. Yep, I remember that. So how many Subarus do you own? Because I know you have the Baja, but your account is that Rad Wagon, but then also in your bio now you have that Rad Baja. So there's a funny story about why I changed the name. Um, Instagram won't let me change my name now. I have no clue why. And it's kind of irking me a little bit because I do want to <laughs> change it. Yeah. Um, so I am on my second Subaru. I've always dreamt of owning a Baja since I was in high school in the early 2000s. They were the funniest, weirdest, coolest looking cars I've ever seen. Yeah. And I had no idea of all the weird features, tweaks, and just random stuff that came with them. Like what? Um, because I, you know, I've had a Baja on here before and I had Bruce the Baja and I remember we were talking about some stuff, but it's been a long time since, since that episode, but what kind of weird things about it? There's two things in particular that I use often. Trucks, when you open any door, there's like a cargo light that would pop on and it would illuminate the truck bed. Yeah. Subaru, for some reason, chose to put a cargo light button on the dash where if you press it, the lights turn on, press it again, they turn off. So it's not connected to, let's say, your dome lights or opening your doors. Yeah, it's separate. I've now purposely used them as chase lights and I now have saved... Anywhere from Amazon special of $20 to Baja designs ranging from a couple hundred plus on chase lights. There you go. <laughs> nice. Um, the second really interesting thing that I didn't know about till later was there is a cargo access from the back seats that actually lay almost fully flat to the truck bed there's a cargo hatch you can open so my thought process was oh i can use this when i go camping i can have half my body in the cabin and my feet hanging out that's interesting it's very interesting until you get the mist in the morning and then you get <laughs> wet and you're kind of like what happens oh yeah i'm out in the wild yeah <laughs> yeah i I didn't know this back in the early 2000s when I was looking at these Bajas thinking, man, one day I'm going to own that. And here I am. And every day I actually stare at it more and more thinking, I wonder what else they did that I just haven't realized. Yeah. I mean, who knows? You might find something else, but it's, it's cool to have something like that that has some unique features, you know, different from other vehicles. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so back to the question, the, the Baja is my second and not my last Subaru. I actually have a couple more I'm looking at. Nice. But what started it all as that rad wagon was a 1999 Subaru Legacy Outback. Yeah. I was living in Tucson, Arizona at the time, 
kind of learning adulthood, kind of halfway going through college, not knowing what I was doing. And then I needed a car. I kind of blew a turbo on a (laughs) 99 Saab 93 Vegan that I was gifted in high school. Um, I was driving down the freeway. I was late for work. I was pushing maybe like 90, 95, trying to just get to work. And I started hearing my turbo spool louder than it should have. And uh, next thing I know, kaboom, it combusted into the engine internally. So it sent metal into the engine. Oh, that's Everything, nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a very, very fun experience. And this is why I didn't buy a turbo Baja, actually. <laughs> well, I mean, um, when you're doing like 90 all the time, come on, man. yeah and it didn't help that it was 115 degrees it was a hot humid day yeah the temp gauge was literally smack dab in the middle higher than it should be but i was already about 10 15 minutes late and i was only five minutes away from work so i just said pedal to the metal let's go yeah so the motor the motor dies i lose power steering i've lost everything and my steering locked in the left position. Oh, no. Going, going driver, and I was in the fast lane. There's a downward embankment, embankment, and I went down the embankment. I was able to pump the brakes, because I did lose the brake feel, but I was still able to pump them. Yeah. I think I probably was doing about 70-ish when I went down the embankment. I was able to keep it on the road for a little bit. (laughs) That is so fast. Uh, yeah. Um, I, well, so the thing is I used to race cars when I was younger. I started off with quarter midgets up to micros. And eventually I wanted to do sprint cars. I love dirt straight up obsessed with rallying dirt track racing. One day I will rally a car. There you go. Um, nice. So I, I kind of knew what to expect once I hit dirt. It's front wheel drive. I've got no power. My back end's going to slide, but I've got no power steering. I got nothing. But I'm actually facing a direction where the front wheels are going driver and my rear wheels are going to go driver. So it actually helped out. I did a very clean, just slide into the embankment, slam, and it was actually pretty smooth. Car was totally. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, uh, Arizona Department of Transportation, when they finally pulled up, that's their highway patrol. The guy looks at me and is like, you're so lucky. How fast were you going? And I looked him <laughs> dead in the eyes. I was like, uh, you know, I might get in trouble for saying this, but I'm just going to be honest. I was doing about 90, 95, and I think I slowed down to about 70. But uh, <laughs> when they say. Oh, he, he congratulated me for a safe landing. And that I didn't flip it and end up in the oncoming traffic. Yeah. Man, that's incredible. But, um, sorry, long story short is two months later. It's a great story. (laughs) It's a, it's an interesting one. I still miss that car, actually. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I don't really miss the front wheel drive portion of it, though. Yeah. Um, So about two months later, working two jobs, also going to school part-time, kind of just 
busting my butt trying to get the money for it. I I came up with about twenty five hundred, I think three grand. And my parents said, "You have this money, but then if you spend that all, what? How are you going to live?" And I was like, "Well, that's a good question. I don't know, but like, I need a car. Yeah, I'm working two jobs. I'm doing school. I'm doing all this." So they said, "Here's three grand. We'll match you. Go find a car." First car I, I kind of looked at was Volvo XC70 or 90, those station wagons. Yeah. I don't know why, but I've always had an obsession with Volvo wagons. And then I found the Legacy Outback in a five-speed manual. It was it looked already lifted. It looked like a fun car. I pull up, I look at it, and I fell in love instantly. The hood scoop made me think of those early 2000s rally cars. Yeah. Um, and instantly I, I knew I fell in love. Only thing though is I haven't driven manual in I think two years. And I even told the owner, I said, please, would you like my dad to drive the car and test drive it? He knows manual better. And he said, No, clutch is failing. I'm gonna be brutally honest, clutch is failing, so go for it. Mm. You're gonna have to replace it anyways. Wow. I stall leaving the <laughs> leaving the gas station. <laughs> And uh, completely embarrassed, I'm fumbling. I'm trying to put the clutch in, and then I realize my right foot still is on the gas, and then I got to put my foot on the brake and stop rolling. I get moving again, and it was almost like riding a bike. The clutch is like butter on a toast. You can just roll with it. You can dump it. You can chirp the tires. You I had so much fun in that car and I think I owned it for six, six years now. It, I still do have it. Yeah. It's just yeah. collecting <laughs> spiders, trees, other stuff. <laughs> so when you were looking for a car, were you looking just for a wagon or were you looking for, cause you said you like the Volvos, but were you, what did you know about Subarus? The only thing I knew about Subarus is that I've always wanted a Hawkeye STI, big wing, Perrin stabilizers, gold wheel, World Rally Blue coloring, and the loudest exhaust possible. That's that's all I knew is rally car racing. Yeah. And when I saw the hood scoop, I was intrigued. I kind of thought to myself, did I find a turbo wagon Subaru? Later found out it was the notorious EJ, uh, I think it was the EJ251 dual overhead cam, non-turbo, head gaskets like to blow. Like mm-hmm. I'm finding out now with my Baja. Oh. Um, so I'm driving it. I love it. This thing's literally the best car I've ever owned. Painted the wheels black, got window tint, kind of just did some basic visual mods. Didn't really touch the exhaust. I didn't know too many like car enthusiasts. It was literally a daily driver that I kind of wanted to look different. Yeah. I blew the head gasket, I think, in my first year of owning it. <laughs> and it was at 180,000 180, miles. Wow. The previous owner said it was done at just over 100,000 miles, so I thought to myself, oh, I mean, it'll last a long time. It should last years, but it was a good (laughs) lesson to learn. 
all the forums taught me very well that EJ25s or really any EJ motor, you blow head gaskets anywhere from 50 to 100,000 miles and you need to replace them. Yeah. So the car actually lasted quite a long time. Uh, when I did the head gasket, I got my first bad news. This isn't the original motor. Oh, we don't have some things really? plugged in. We don't really know what year it came out of. So they searched for a scratched out VIN number. And they were able to piece it together and find out it came out of a early 2000s Outback. And the guy said, you know, after cleaning your car, resurfacing the heads, just doing some general maintenance, I can see this motor going three, four, five hundred thousand miles. Wow. And I was astonished because I was in my mid-20s, not really thinking about car enthusiasts, car meets, stuff like that. Like I never found my itch yet. Yeah. That was really just a daily driver fun car just to kind of get around go to work and back and you so i'm guessing you didn't know about the subaru community at this point i mean i vaguely knew about mountain rue at the time but mountain rue arizona was okay. too far away yeah i was in tucson they were in phoenix and I just really didn't have the time to go up there for a weekend. I didn't know what camping would be like or how the trails were. I didn't, I had still don't have a skid plate on that car. And I've wow. sent that through <laughs> Arizona, California, parts of Ta- Tahoe, Oregon area. Like I've kind of been through some state and national parks that have touched borders of Nevada. Oregon and California with no skid plate. Wow. That car has blown my mind of the capabilities Subarus have. Yeah, that's awesome. So I finally leave Tucson. I come back home. I straight pipe it. I put unequaling tethers on it. I lift it. I put a roof basket on it. I put the, um, my trail buddy, some people may know that I have a, a death swan attached to my basket. What's that? It's a Halloween decoration I put on the car, on the roof basket, that eventually got me so much attention, good and bad attention, <laughs> that I always thought of it as my trail buddy. I've never taken it off. It's been on both the Legacy and the Baja, and I'm not taking it off. It it's actually a swan, but Halloween themed. It's got fangs. It's instead of pink, it's black. It, it's basically just Halloween decorations that ended up being kind of a part of my car, who I am. People recognize me, will be waving at me on the freeway. They'll point to it. And it, it just cracks me up that it's gained so much attention. I, I can't really let it go now. It's kind of my good luck charm, I think. I see. So it's right up there, kind of on the, um, I'm looking at your Instagram page, right there above the um, passenger side in the front. Exactly. Yes. That's <laughs> <laughs> so cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, no skid plate, no nothing. Ended up going all over the place in that car, and I loved it. So how but... many miles did it have when you bought it? 
Oh boy. I think it was in between 150 and 160,000 miles. And now? And I, 230,000 miles, I believe. Okay. So just under 100,000. So right around 80. Yeah. And that was roughly about, I think, I, I want to say six years of owning it, but I really wasn't keeping track of yeah. the miles. It was more miles per gallon yeah. than actually worrying about, oh, I don't want to put miles on this car or stuff like that. It, it was, no, let's go. Yeah, that's what it's for. Exactly. It's awesome. Um, sadly, that car may be getting sold. I need money for the Baja's lift kit, um, extra lights. And there's a couple secret projects I'm doing with the Baja. I've oh. reached out to a couple of companies and I'm trying to get some, trying to get the ball rolling on some things that I would really love to put on it. That's cool. Yeah. And since it has the same chassis as a Legacy and Outback, all I have to do is get some things modified to make it work. Yeah. So when did you get the Baja? Because you got the Baja because the wagon was no longer working, right? Yeah. Um, so the wagon actually hasn't passed smog since 2019. And that was <laughs> the main factor of, okay, I've got roughly $5,000. Do I want to go to the Subaru dealership, put a down payment on and pay anywhere from five to 800 a month on a new vehicle? That really wasn't ideal. I then thought about getting a loan, but then a loan for a thirty to $50,000 car didn't make sense at the time. So I started looking actually at Hondas, Hyundais, and Toyotas. And I took Rick along this process. And one day he, he asked me, he's like, what do you really want in a car? And I said, well, the Outback's kind of totaled in my mind. It needs a lot of work. It's going to take five grand just to like get it up and running. And he said, why don't you look at used Subarus? That Sunday, I hopped on Craigslist and I just typed in Subaru. And for some reason, a brat showed up. And I looked at it and said, huh, Baja. Subaru Baja, I typed in. And I looked it up and it said nearby area, San Jose. This silver, clean, 114,000 mile, all service records done, two owners. I clicked the link. It's in Oregon. <laughs> so nearby, nearby areas um, meant Oregon. I contact the dealership. Uh, I sent them an email first. I realized that they weren't open yet. This was 8.30 in the morning. They open up at 9. The guy calls me at 8.55 and says, Hey, how serious are you at buying the Baja? I have eight people lined up to test drive it. Wow. And possibly buy it today. And I said, Well, how low are you willing to go? And, you know, we kind of talked here and there, talked also about like shipping and transporting it from Oregon to California. Yeah. We came up with a 16,500 number, and that was with everything. Um, 
Monday afternoon, I got a loan. Tuesday morning, I bought the car. By Friday afternoon, it was on a truck heading down to me. Nice. So in roughly seven days, I looked at, wanted, got a loan, bought, and had it shipped down to me, which blew me away. That was yeah, that's such really a, cool. Such a crazy experience going through that. And when you got it, was it? You, did it meet your expectations? And then also, what they said as far as like the condition of it? Yes and no. Condition wise, there was a couple dings and dents and a small gash in the plastic trim that, you know, I wasn't fully disclosed about. Yeah. But for the price that I got it and the low mileage and having service records from start to finish at Scottsdale Subaru dealership, that, that kind of paid for everything. Yeah. Knowing everything was fully taken care of. So I kind of just brushed everything off. And since I like to go full send in it, I'm expecting to put a couple <laughs> more dings, a couple more scratches. I've I've actually already cried. I've put some trail rash on the car. I went through a trail I really shouldn't have. Mm, um, yeah. I One thing I didn't get used to is it's based off the fourth generation Outback, which is a lot wider than the previous generations. Oh, so while yeah. I went from a skinny, narrow, long body Subaru to a wide body Subaru, and they actually come stock with fender flares yeah. on them. I went through this trail and just completely scratched the paint, scratched the plastic, <laughs> and I, I looked oh, at my man. car. I cried a little bit and said, you know what? That was worth it. That was an experience. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. And so what have you what have you done to the Baja so far? Um, so the first thing I did is I bought skid plates. When I when I looked back at my childhood self when I had the the Outback, I spent a lot of money on headlights taillights, JDM goodies, and a bunch of stuff that really isn't necessary, but for looks. Yeah. So I asked myself, what's most important? What's least important? Most important, skid plates. I went and bought primitives, uh, triple discounted, engine, transmission, diff. Yeah. 10 out of 10, first modification, go buy skid plates. Yeah. I mean, it's, it also depends too on if you know that you're going to be hitting trails. Like if you know, like, okay, I'm going to get out with this car and use it for its purpose, especially if you want to get out and hit some trails and get off the pavement. It's a very good idea because yeah, you can be careful. You can be great at picking your lines and stuff, but there's going to be a time at some point, I'm sure where you're like, oh no. And it's just better to be have that protection and from the get-go. And then you don't have to worry about it as much. It's funny you bring that up because that's exactly why I bought them. I, I was careful-ish. You know, I was following some people that were lifted out in the middle of 
Stanislaus National Forest. We start seeing rocks, snow, hit ice, and we're going down into a valley. We ended up turning around, realizing that this is a lifted Jeep trail where you need articulation. Oh, yeah. At least a four-inch lift. Like, you need clearance. And I'm bone stock. I don't know what I was thinking. I'm coming back up. Now, I is, smashed... is this still in the Baja now, or is, was this back when you had yeah. the Outback? Okay. This, okay. Is, this is still in my Baja, and I think I only owned it for a couple months. So I'm coming back up, and I decide to go up and over the rock instead of around the rock. It had a better exit route than going around. <laughs> so I tell myself, half throttle. Let off when you get up to the top. Once your front wheels go up and you level out, let off and then go from there. I get up, I level off, I slide, boom. My engine dies, check engine lights flashing. Oh my gosh. And my biggest fear is smashing a transmission pan. Yeah. Being being an automatic, there's solenoids that are so sensitive. Well, I smashed third gear. So the vehicle is actually stuck in third gear roughly <laughs> 45 minutes down a trail. Um, huge shout out, uh, Skyler Overlandish. He pulled me and my Baja, which weighs quite a bit with his Outback, back to camp. Helped me get back to the main road. Diagnosed the problem, realizing, okay, so I smashed solenoid, I believe, C, third gear. I, f- I did the research. Also, shout out to Mountain Subi and Skylar. They were talking, apparently, the whole time about my problem. And they tried fixing it, but we, we couldn't fix it out there. Yeah. Um, they told me to call AAA. I ended up driving to a town close to Yosemite. And I'm, I'm thinking, you know, it only took me two hours to get up to this point. If I can make it here, which was an hour, what's the difference of me driving home? Which was well, how far typically, if you weren't stuck in third gear? It took me five, almost six hours to get home. <laughs> Instead of watching my Speedo, I was watching my RPMs. Yeah, knowing I knowing it's a four speed automatic, I'm in third gear. Coming to a dead stop, I would have to start pressing the gas before the light turns green. I was watching lights and yeah. sort of running lights in a way, <laughs> not illegally. Like I wouldn't enter yeah, the intersection, no, I, but no, I know what you mean. I, I would just start the roll. I couldn't go past fifty miles an hour. And if I had to gain momentum, I would push it to 60, but I would be almost at five, 6,000 RPM. And I'm not, I don't want to keep it that high, overheat the transmission, yeah. blow, blow something else. So long story short, I get all the way home. Emergency flashers on, those cargo lights I was talking about on. I'm getting honked at. I'm getting passed by semi-trucks and I'm just... <laughs> nervous almost kind of thinking why did i do this why didn't i just call a tow truck but then my mind kept telling me you know it took you six hours to get home think about how long it would have taken on a tow truck 
you probably would have had to sleep in your car overnight, call AAA at five, six in the morning. They'll show up hopefully by nine. And then you've got another couple hours home. So I just sent it. Yeah. The other thing too, is like, once you're home, you're looking back going like, oh my gosh, why did I just do this? But then you're home. You did it. Yeah. I lost no fluids. Nothing happened. Never overheated. Um, In fact, my transmission light that actually is supposed to tell me when the transmission's overheating, apparently, it was flashing because I broke the solenoid. Yeah. I found out it has two different reasons why you have this light. I never lost fluid. I never overheated. Um, Basically, Rick and I dumped the fluid, diagnosed it ourselves, and we fixed it in three separate weekends. Not so bad. instead, instead of a, what did they quote me? I think it was a $3,200 fix I did for under $150. There you go. That's how you do it. Uh, <laughs> well. I, I'd still, I would, if, you, if you have the money, yeah, of take course. it to a shop. Of course. Don't, don't do what I did. And also go buy skid plates. Yeah. Skid plates are important. Lesson learned. Take it from Ryan. Buy skid plates. <laughs> or oh. don't drive over a big giant rock. Also, if you buy multiple skid plates from Primitive, you get a discount. You yes. get a double and a triple. So it's worth it. Yeah. You get a discount if you buy two, and then you get a discount if you buy three. So exactly. it's a good deal. So do you have names for your cars? For your Outback and your Baja? You know, I get asked this question a lot. And I don't... I've never exactly had names for any of my cars. Except one. Which was a 1999 Dodge Durango. I put a Fox um, sticker on it. The Fox Racing racing Shocks. Yeah. And ended up just calling it Foxy. But this was back when I was, I think, 17, 18 years old, young, doing my thing, breaking cars, going off-roading, and <laughs> something I probably should have never taken where I did. Yeah. Um, but ever since then, I, I didn't really name any of my cars. I do have a, a duck, though. This really cool duck that's got a gold chain, a spinny, one of those like spinny hats that are almost like clown hats. Yeah. Uh, so that's called Ducky, and it's another one of my good luck charms that you know I kind of have put into the Baja, along with the Swan. I guess if I would have to name the Baja, it would probably be Ducky. You know, it's one of those weird vehicles that's out there that gets lots of attention. Just kind of like how ducks are so interesting to me. I guess it would be Ducky, but I've never named the Saab the Outback, or the Baja. That's okay. Not everybody has names, I'm finding out. Yeah. Um, I mean, listening to your podcasts, it's so interesting how people get names for their cars, but I've never really had that moment. One that really stuck to me was Rally Gum, with him and his family talking about uh, Forest Gum. Yeah. And getting that name for the Forester. 
you know, that's such a special moment that maybe I'll find later on in my life because I do plan on owning this Baja till whatever state I'm, I'm elderly in decides to take my license away. That's when <laughs> I will stop driving it. Yeah. I, I'm going to run this car probably till 500 to 800, maybe even a million miles. I mean, I'm, I never want to sell it. Go for it, man. It'd be awesome. Um, also, like, when did you start your Instagram page for, because you had the, obviously, the the Outback first. So how long was it before you started an Instagram page for it? And then what was your reasoning behind it? Oh, boy. Um, the exact year and date, I'm not sure. But when I was leaving California to start my, I'm going to call it my adulthood in Tucson, Arizona, kind of leaving the small town that I live and grew up in, I realized that Instagram was popping off. It's like the next big thing. It's the new Facebook. Yeah. And I, at the time, was kind of growing out of Facebook. I actually miss MySpace. <laughs> yeah, thro- man. Way back. Huge throwback. Uh, I, I miss the customization, how I, I actually spent hours editing, choosing songs, making my page the best page it could be. Yeah. So Instagram, I download the app. My mom and I were driving from Northern California to Tucson, Arizona. I see the Arizona sign. It's snowing. We just left LA and it was almost 90 degrees. <laughs> Where <laughs> Now you're hitting snow. Bren, one of the passes that goes through, I believe, northern Arizona into like the Phoenix Scottsdale area where you actually start getting into the city. And I say, I have to stop. I have to take a photo. I'll have to find the date. But that was my first photo on my first Instagram account that was, oddly enough, called Rai Rai Kush. Um, childhood nickname that i've always had ended up using that account for two years and then when i finally bought the subaru i said you know i don't want my childhood account i don't need it like that was my personal let's start fresh yeah i I deleted that and then i started the outback and it wasn't that rad wagon when i started it was something else that i'm totally blanking on right now but it wasn't until I met Mountain Rue, uh, Central California, where I met another Legacy Outback owner. And he had that rad legacy. And I looked at that, that name and I said, you know, that's, that's an awesome name. What if I did that rad wagon? I typed it in. It was available. And boom, I took it. There you go. And yeah. That really is what started it all is finding out of finding out about mountain Rue one starting my itch for adventure my love for dirt roads pulling e-brakes getting sideways kind of just having good old fun on dirt roads with some friends this episode is brought to you by melee design firm they are your battery and battery mount specialists If you are into rallying your Subaru, you need to keep your battery secure. 
That's where Melee Design Fern comes into play. Go check out their battery mounts. You can mount them in multiple locations. They also have a special edition Bucky Lassic battery mount. So go check out MeleeDesignFirm.com and get your battery mount or spruce up your engine compartment with some engine bay caps. Thank you, Melee Design Firm, for sponsoring the Subi and You podcast. This episode is also brought to you by Spider No-Drill Roof Rack. If you're looking for rooftop storage solutions, this is a place to be. Go check out SpiderRoofRack.com and see what they have to offer for your Subaru. You can do like me and use it to keep your spare tire up there, or you can put up some storage boxes for camping gear or for recovery gear, whatever it is that you may need. It's also a great place to mount additional lights, like some side lights, chase lights, or a light bar in the front. You can use the code SUBIANU, all spelled out, to get 10% off of your Spider No-Drill Roof Rack. Thank you so much for sponsoring the Subi and You podcast. And now, back to the show. Yeah, and then did you start connecting with people at that point when you started that account? I started connecting with way too many people, actually. like It was, <laughs> it was almost overwhelming, yeah. to be honest. Especially um, Mountain Roo taught me so much. I went from driving on kind of dirt roads to gravel roads and then we ended up hitting almost gravel and sand where you'd sink and you have to keep momentum yeah i i was still learning what manual driving was like on dirt i didn't do too much sand either and granted so this is an old mining area in i think it's sacramento so I hit the sand and I instantly feel the car sink almost two inches down. And I'm thinking, oh boy, don't stop. Just, just keep moving. And not aired down? I, or were you aired down? Uh, I was uh, still on stock <laughs> wheels and stock tires. So I had street tires and I think 15 inch stock alloys. Yeah. I was definitely the stockest person there, minus at that time, I had just the cat back where I deleted both resignators, put a Magnaflow muffler on, and was completely blowing my cats. <laughs> I, I, had, I had cats literally just getting blown out my exhaust, like chunks. And I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And well, I'm probably regretting those decisions now, not passing smog since 2019. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, le- lesson learned. Be a child sometimes. Go have fun. And things can be fixed. Things can be replaced. Just always have fun when you're out there with your friends. Because it's not about babying the car. It's about just having fun, pushing yourself and really just being with your friends i mean that's one thing that now i can't really stop doing is getting out there with people i love showing people new places and stuff like that if i had to put a timeline i would say it was either 2017 18 or 19 no it was 2017 when i started that account 
Okay. Yeah. And changed it to that rad wagon. Ended up buying O2 WRX wheels, painting them blue. I wanted a kind of blue almost scheme of the car. Lifted it with the KYB struts with the King King lift springs. 10 out of 10 recommend it. I wish I could do that for the Baja. Um, and I think in less than a year of owning it, I found Rick. Or maybe Rick found me through my dirt road photos. Back then, it was just photos and videos. I mean, yeah. there wasn't reels. So he saw this place that I call Buzzards, and it's up in the Santa Cruz Mountains. He asked, hey, can we hang out and go up there? I said, yeah, sure, let's do it. Here we are uh, two to four years later. SN admins of NorCal, best friends. And I I don't think we really go anywhere without each other now. It's I bring good vibes, good energy, help people out. He actually does his research on trails, knows where he's going. and. I just go. Yeah, that's awesome. It's it's so cool to have somebody like that in your life that you can just always spend time with and hang out with and do everything with. Exactly. And we're actually now helping out fellow SN people that, you know, getting lift kits is already expensive enough. I mean, ADF is one of the cheapest options out there. I, I love strut top spacers, but your struts and springs take a lot more abuse. Yeah. So swapping over to the flat out, the iron man where you have the coil over lift kit is ideal. And especially flat out, they're rebuildable. So we started thinking, well, how can we get people to save money not have to waste, you know, thousands of dollars buying a lift kit, having it installed, getting the alignment, and you know, possibly having a shop mess up and charge you more. Rick and I have started doing lift kits out of my garage, which has been a challenging experience, but a super fun experience. Yeah. Because now we get to do these, we call them SN garage. I kind of took that from the OGSN yeah. um, guys because John does things out of his garage. And I thought to myself, well, if they can do it, why can't we do it? So we started doing lift kits, bumper installs, bumper deletes, uh, helping people install lights, which wiring can be intimidating yeah. until you actually see the wiring harness and realize this is actually really easy. It's just, it's, (laughs) yeah, it's terrifying to look at your battery and then to think, what if I do something wrong? I mess up the electronics of the car. It, I get it. I was the same person when I first started, when I bought, um, my Baja designs. So that was a super fun experience kind of growing into the whole mountain rue then leaving mountain rue hanging out with rick meeting all these other people and then meeting sn 
Yeah, then, how did you get connected with Software Nation to begin with? So I was actually following Stafro Nation, All Wheel Drive Boys, Trail Wolves, like all those big SoCal names and big groups. I thought that was the coolest thing ever. I always wanted to be a part of some big group, go on trail runs, you know, build a community that I felt comfortable in and didn't have that mentality of inclusiveness where if you're a new person and you're watching all these people chatting and they have their inside jokes and all this stuff i kind of wanted more of an open environment and that's how i felt with sn trail wolves all-wheel drive boys i mean i'd ask them countless questions i'd get answers and i always said i'll do my best to make it down there and hang out yeah uh never ended up going down there with the wagon really it just didn't make sense with that car so long after that i think it was sam samosaurus rex sam greg left coast trek and patrick apex trek i got a message from them asking hey we're starting a group and we were wondering we see that you're going trailing all the time. You have a great vibe, personality. Like, we'd love to have you. And I said, you know, it's an interesting time in my life. I'm leaving the hotel industry. I'm doing, going back to warehousing, and I'm learning a whole new job. I said, give me 24 hours to think about it. I thought about it for, I think, 20 minutes. And <laughs> I, I responded back to him and said, Yes, sign me up. I, I'd love to. And that's actually how SN NorCal started. I, I still, to this day, don't know who originally reached out because Sam was in the process of, you know, Subi X call. She was already in a group yeah. with some really, really awesome people. I would love to do a combined meet with them one day. And I'm hoping to do a Halloween meet with them and do a sort of decoration of cars. Yeah, that would be awesome. Do it. So she, she was already kind of doing her own thing. And Greg was also in the process of buying a house, getting married, kind of just doing his own thing. And no, uh, and then um, Patrick, Patrick works in a hospital and he's he's a superstar. He works six, seven days straight and still finds time to ask like, hey, let's go hang out at a brewery. Let's go trailing. When's the next SN meet? Like, you know, I'm sorry I'm not around this much. And I thank them every day waking up realizing that they brought me into this community and have helped me create a family in a way. Yeah. I don't really think of SN as a group or anything like that. We're all one big family. Like the ladies actually have started doing their own monthly lunches. They chat about work, their lives outside of the car community. Yeah. Which is amazing. I mean, I don't really see too much of that going on in the community where 
people get together and don't trail. They just have lunch together. They chat. And it's great for mental health. I mean, it just feels like you have a family. Yeah, because I uh, any of the other Soft Road Nation people listening to this will know that I'm very rarely <laughs> in the chat because it's just like there's always so many conversations or so much conversation going on back and forth. It's just hard to keep up with on top of everything else. But yeah, I mean, I, I know that like when when somebody's not you know, feeling well, something's going on or whatever, everybody just jumps right in and is there for that person. And that's, that's so cool. And that's, that's another reason why SN stood out to me is I always felt welcomed. I always felt like I could speak my mind, good or bad. You know, if I was having a bad day, there'd be people saying, you know, lift your head up, cheer up. Yeah. Look at how much good you have. And it would put a smile on my face. And that's that's what I try and do for Safro Nation Orcas. When I first started going to car meets, I really didn't have a good time. I mean, everyone knew each other already, cracking jokes, and I felt like an outsider. Yeah. And no one really put their arms out and welcomed me in. So I take what I learned from my past and put it into this now family yeah that's pretty awesome too i mean especially and i i mentioned this because it's i don't know what the exact exact date was but like when chris passed and the message that i got was from um daniel freedom Fawz, who told me what had happened and then you know i did i had never met chris in person and i hadn't been around for too long but i just remember like you know, I know it hit everybody else harder that was around him because they knew him and they knew his personality. They knew what kind of person he was. And I knew what kind of person he was just mainly with chats from him, but then also from what everybody else was saying. But when that happened, like everybody came together and we all were talking about it. We were all supporting each other. And I remember like I reached out to Neil and I called him just because I wanted to try to find out some more information because I was still getting to know everybody. And then, you know, it wasn't too long after that, that we all went out to the the one year anniversary. And that was such a, that right there too. I mean, like it's very unfortunate that Chris passed away, of course, but since he passed away, like right before the soft road nation, one year anniversary, I think that really brought people together in a way that it wouldn't have before, maybe, you know? Yeah, I I completely agree with you. I mean, Chris had reach all over the place. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if his DMs got leaked, he (laughs) probably had people all over this this earth i mean i have no doubt he cared more about everyone else having a good time feeling welcome so you have a question he'll answer and if he needs you he'll be there i mean i i looked up to chris so much and he helped me when when i realized that sam greg and patrick kind of like they needed time away and that I didn't want to be by myself running this. 
he actually was my backbone. He was my mentor, my guidance, you know, my shining light. Yeah. I would, I would call him like having a panic attack, stressing out, crying, being like, I don't really know what to do. And he'd always find the right words to say. He always found a way to make me think differently. And I always think back to how he treated everyone. I mean, Chris was an angel, I think, oh. sent from above. And yeah. he's he's still all within us. It's just you gotta you gotta dig down deep within yourself and kind of embody Chris's mentality. Yeah. And he he really helped me, especially when Chris and I'm totally going to hate myself on this. I'm blanking on a couple people's names, but it was Chris, the gentleman who now runs SoCal Rigs, Sam, who used to have the Forerunner, and I know I'm going to say his name wrong, Paoli, Rally Trek. Yeah. With the cross track, with the lights Paolo. on the... I knew I was going to say that wrong. I, I think mean, he, I said his name wrong. <laughs> the whole he, usually, he goes by Paul usually, I think, just because it's easier, but it's Paolo. Yeah. I think. And I know I'm going to get some flack from, and in fact, I know his, his rig, it's a rear wheel drive Chevy truck that he sends on trails all over the place. I mean, his rig is in, insane. Also, his mentality is amazing. He's such a blessing to have. Yeah. So I I had them up here when I really needed some help and guidance. Sal? Uh, Chris? No, I'm talking about his name, Sal, right? Sal, yes. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Sal, I'm sorry, buddy. I'll remember. <laughs> so. They stayed at my house. They basically car camped. They had a wonderful time. We ended up having dinner the first night. The second day, we hit up Buzzards, the dirt road up in the Santa Cruz Mountains. And the looks on their faces being in the forest up in the Santa Cruz Mountains just kind of was surreal. It's almost like they've never experienced such a beautiful place. And it puts it put such a big smile on my face seeing Chris, Sal, Sam, and Paul. I mean, they sent it. I they had so much fun. They we went through some technical whoop de woos. I got um oh, there's a really funny photo I'll, I'll have to send you. Um Sam was videoing me in the outback going over the whoop de woos. Uh-huh. And my front tire, my front passenger tire went about maybe six inches off the ground. And then in another photo, you can see both of my driver's side tires up in the air about two inches. So I was almost on one wheel going over this whoop-de-woo section. And wow. I didn't even realize this. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, that was honestly such an amazing moment. It was it, it was heart touching. Like it, it still kind of gets me emotional because there's a photo that I absolutely love. Chris is in the middle, Sal's on the outside, I'm on the outside, and you know Chris didn't care really too much about touchy feely. 
So we had our hands in our back pockets, kind of grabbing each other's asses in a way as <laughs> yeah. a as a photo. And that I felt myself. I felt happy. And from that point forward, I knew the direction I was heading with SN NorCal, how I wanted to make this group. I wanted family friendly. I don't care if you're stock, lowered, lifted, Subaru, non-Subaru, anyone's welcome. And it blows my mind that I have Toyotas, Jeeps, you know, truck guys coming in and they thank me and say, you know, you guys have an amazing group. You're friendly. You're all amazing, you know, and you don't go too crazy. I mean, they look at me and point to me and say, no, you're kind of crazy. though." <laughs> Which yeah. I, I get it. It's, it's the racing in me that makes me want to get sideways, push the limits of my vehicle. And it's a blessing and a curse. One day I will break something and I'll have to tell myself, you know, if you slowed down or if you chose a better line or if you just didn't do it in general, you wouldn't be in this mess. But I'll cross that bridge when I get there. Yeah. What direction do you see Software Nation NorCal going in? Or are you already going there? We're already going there. Um, there's really only a couple more details. I really just kind of want to fill in the blanks. I want to start doing monthly like dinner dates, like lunch dates where we all get together. And then we go do like sunset photos at a cool view spot. I I don't want it just to be, you know, camping, trailing. I want it to be more like a family where if someone's having a bad day and all they know is car people, come talk to us. Hey, let's go for a car cruise. Let's go to, you know, Fort Baker where we're actually having a combined meet with Rugged Roo Crew. Um, you know, like I, I want it to be one big family and that's kind of why I think so many groups reach out to us. I've helped out OG SN, Ladies of SN, Rugged Rue now that's going to be coming up here soon for Subi Fest, which actually this is going to be the first time I'm talking about it. Um, we had a ladies meet up here in NorCal where Lori, I think it's Rosaline, which is Wild Yoda. And I might be totally blanking. I think it was just those two or maybe another lady who came up here. And they were OG, you know, SoCal SN. They came up north to hang out, stay at my house. You know, they car camped, had a wonderful time and was able to have almost a ladies of SN NorCal meet. I heard nothing but great things about it. I mean... The ladies had fun. They were able to do a car cruise. They actually have their own chat group now. Yeah. I, yeah, that's so cool. Um, so kind of back to the question is, you know, I just want it to be one big family where someone's having a good day or just accomplished something amazing with the new job. They tell us and we're all, oh, my God, that's amazing. Congratulations. I'm proud of you. And on the bad days, we, we build that person up and make them stronger and that's what i wish i had when i was younger 
kind of dumber as well because I spent <laughs> probably way too much money on cosmetic mods where I now have about five people in our chat groups that would say, do not go buy more lights. Do not go buy this, that, or the other. They tell me, put maintenance first, lift kit, tires, do what's most important, and then work your way to the visual. Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned uh, Subi Fest and Rugged Roo Crew earlier and something about a little meat. So, because you, you're going to make an announcement, but you will have already made the announcement, I guess, on Instagram by the time this comes out. So you can make uh, the announcement, I guess, again here officially. Yeah. Um, so I got reached out to by Olitrek. By the way, amazing rap. That thing's insane. <laughs> cannot wait to yes. s- cannot wait to see the sun <laughs> lighting my eyes. Yeah, in, that's in so cool. Um, she reached out to me, and I mean, I knew that they're up in Washington. They were thinking of going to Subi Fest. They then bought tickets, and I think Carrie Mountain Subi and Oli Trek were talking. Oli Trek reached out to me and said, "Hey." I know this is super last minute and you can say no, but instead of paying for a hotel, can we just car camp at your place? Like you've done for the ladies of SN OGSN. It would be amazing to not have to spend money. And also can we do a meet? And obviously I said, yes, I mean to help them out, not pay for a hotel. They're already paying for insanely high gas prices. I mean, yeah, Oh, Washington I know. to SoCal. <laughs> yeah, I don't even. I don't even want to know what the bill is going to be. Um. So we created this group chat. Ended up finding out. Um, Silver Bullet XV's coming. Always wanted to meet him. His, yeah, he's cool. The stuff he does in that cross track is absolutely <laughs> insane. Yeah. And and I feel like him and I because I'm very sendy, but I haven't like fine-tuned how i drive my subaru and i look at how he does it i'm like i want to do that i'm gonna ask so many questions i'm probably going to be slightly annoying but you know what yeah we're gonna have a blast yeah that's gonna be so cool the other rugged room member i think it's 2t underscore x track yeah he's actually bringing his family with him so it's it's gonna be a blast. I get to show them around Thursday, the day before they head down to SoCal. We're gonna be having a meet, kind of a late afternoon sunset hangout, grab dinner afterwards, and uh, I believe it's the Sausalito area. We're gonna be at Fort Baker, right by the Golden Gate Bridge. Oh, We're that's still- awesome. We've already decided where the meet's going to be because they need Golden Gate Bridge photos. Yeah. And once we're at Fort Baker, the Miranda Headlands, where we can get a different aspect of the Golden Gate, right? Go under a tunnel, pop back out, boom, you're in the Miranda Headlands and you can see a whole different angle. Um, it only it only made sense to me and said, why not? I mean, I've always wanted to go up there. I've met Oli Trek before. She actually came to a uh, SN NorCal meet. Oh, nice. I, one of my uh, friends was 
you know, friends with her, just mutual friends ended up finding halfway through the meet. Hey, uh, you've got a surprise guest coming. And then when I finally saw a rig, I, I was almost starstruck. I was like, Oh my God, rugged rue. Like, yeah, I've looked up to them for so long and I've always wanted to go up there, hang out with them. And here's one of their members right there. Yeah. So it, it really only made sense to say, yes, of course, like come over, don't spend money on hotels. Don't car camp in a, a Walmart target parking lot. Like you're safe, you're secure. Plus they're going to have showers in the morning before they go on there. Yeah. That's really cool. 10 hour drive down South. Yeah. That's really nice. Yeah. I'm stoked. Actually, it's going to be a lot of fun. I know and we're going to, be i think posting our little surprise on friday yeah so that's tomorrow the time that we're recording this of course people won't be listening to this until monday but yeah that's going to be cool that's going to be awesome to see that exactly and it kind of still brings me back to the family aspect where i just want if someone goes up north i would i would hope that they would be like oh hey you know, I don't have a spot for you, but there's this street parking or, Hey, here's this national forest that's close by to the city. At least like help, you know, the NorCal, the SoCal or anyone really that's going up to Washington. I would love the same sort of family mentality. So I try and spread that throughout the community. Yeah. So I'm looking over my questions and I'm just like, you know, not really asking a whole lot of them, but I also absolutely love the direction this has gone. Talking more about just the community aspect of all of it. It just like, it surprises me sometimes when we just start kind of getting into conversation and talking about certain things. And I'm like, okay, this is way more interesting and better than some of the questions I had, you know? <laughs> Because it's like, you know, you want to learn about the Subarus, but then when you start telling certain stories, it's like, that's the kind of stuff I think people want to hear. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think people want to hear the modifications, which honestly, they're, they're going to be slightly disappointed to hear that it's literally just skid plates, rally innovation, light bar, Baja designs, pod nah. lights, and that's, oh, and then the Thule roof basket that's yeah. that's it uh, i went very simple on this so-called build i mean i'm looking for flat out but they're you know eighteen hundred dollars versus adf which is i think 150 dollars yeah i know you like going out with um people out on the trails but i know you've gone out quite a bit by yourself too is that, that's kind of like a therapy for you in a way, isn't it? You know, one thing I've learned about going alone, just don't do it. <laughs> it, it at, lo- at least if you're going to go solo, go somewhere where you know you've been and can handle. Yeah. Very good. Point. I have a, I have a horror story of going out solo trailing. Uh, let's hear it yeah (laughs) or kid do you want to tell it (laughs) yeah um you know 
I, I actually think if there's anyone who is new into this off-road community and thinking of going trailing alone in a new area, think about this. I, so back then I wasn't, Instagram really wasn't tagging where you can go or stuff like that. And the people I followed back then didn't tell me too much or if it was, it's too far away where I'm located. There's one trail slash dirt road. That's 45 minutes from my house, half hour, 45. And the rest is everywhere from two hours to eight hours away. So I wanted to go somewhere far away. I looked up this forum and that's how I found a lot of dirt roads back in the day. And I said, okay, it says stock friendly. It says, you know, great experience. Just watch out for the locals. And I said, okay, that's fine. It's just like the Santa Cruz mountains. Just watch out for the locals. You don't bother them. They don't bother you. Groovy. I'm six hours into driving and I think it was the Pinecrest area. I'm not a hundred percent sure of the area. This was such a long time ago. This was pre-lift, pre-everything. I mean, I barely knew what I was doing in my Subaru. Besides, I want to hit some dirt and have some fun. And this is in the Outback? Yeah, this okay. is in the Outback. I... I get to where I thought was the trailhead and there's a fire gate. I said, okay, you know, I was told there's a fire gate. I know of three other entrances and I know where the exit is so I can go the back way. I go to the next pullout. It's open and there was no fire gate. So I said to myself, perfect, let's do this. So I start going. I didn't print any maps out. I have no cell service. I don't have any sort of apps that help guide me. Wow. I'm strictly going off <laughs> what I've memorized in my head, reading a forum, which I had absolutely no idea who wrote it. No idea if it was true or not. But let's go Four hour four. Yeah, exactly. Like, let's just, you know, let's get lost. Four hours into this dirt road experience, I come across a blind turn and I, I see this weird house and I stop. I look to my left, to my right, and I'm seeing all these no trespassing signs and stuff like that. What I didn't realize, though, that I've now later learned, the fire department, like Cal Fire, they don't want you going off the trail. So they're the ones who put up these signs saying like, you know, no trespassing, do not cross, stay on the road. Yeah. I didn't know this back then. So I'm thinking to myself, oh my goodness, did I just come across like, you know, someone's grow house or someone's <laughs> escape house? Like, I don't even know who this person is or the serial murder. Like I, so many things were just going through my head because I'm out in the middle of no man's land. I've got no cell reception. My f- my car is at half a tank of gas. And I realized I've been driving for hours. I turn my car off. I sit there and I'm just watching this house. I see someone walk out, get in their Jeep and head towards me. And I'm thinking, okay, no, I'm going <laughs> towards the house. Screw this. Let's go. I start going. We literally just pass each other. This kind old gentleman just waves at me with a big smile on his face, gives me a thumbs up, points to the Subaru. And I'm like, 
wow, I just spent 45 minutes standing, sitting, sweating bullets, thinking, how do I get out? How do I get past? And here he is waving to me saying, good job. Like, you're going to have so much fun. Little did I know, tragedy was about to happen. Oh, dear. So I'm on top of the mountain, and it goes into this valley where it almost looks like this massive river way, way back in the day used to just be flowing. I end up, you know, hitting some offshoots. I end up meeting a Silverado guy. I couldn't make it up a hill, and he kind of gave me some helpful advice. He was a local. He helps me get up and over out of this little creek bed. He showed me so many cool spots. So I'm... I'm telling him, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm south of San Francisco. Like, I got to get home. The sun's setting. And he tells me, you know, you're still two hours away from mainland. You better get going. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, you know, thank you so much. He gave me directions, which blew me away. I, I cannot thank that guy enough. I, I wish I got his name. I, I was in such a rush. He was in such a rush. He just pointed me in the right direction. I'm flooring it out of here. And the sun was setting, the heat was coming off the ground. It's almost like a gravel road. It's fun to kind of get sideways, go speeding. So what I didn't realize is the road does a dip down to where this river flows, but it's dry. So I dipped down and as I'm going back up, I didn't realize what happened. I catch air. My nose drops and oh. I smash the front bumper to almost three pieces. Um, my rate lower radiator hose broke. My oh radiator my was gosh. cracked. My fog lights were broken. I had duct tape, zip ties, and gum. <laughs> I let oh. And I did, I did bring coolant. I did bring oil. Like I brought fluids with me. So I let the radiator drain. I just ripped the hose, let it drain, let all that boiling hot coolant out. I pushed my car away from the coolant so I can get underneath it. I'm assessing the damage and I'm looking at my radiator. It's got a huge crack in it. And I said, okay, Jeez. let me think here. I've got tape. <laughs> I've got zip ties and I've got like endless gum. So I said, okay, I mean, if this doesn't work, I mean, I'm sleeping in my car in the middle of nowhere and I'm going to put cones out and just hope someone stops or hope someone doesn't, you know, find me that isn't friendly. Yeah. I put the, <laughs> this still cracks me up to this day that it worked. I put chewing gum on the duct tape, on the radiator. I basically filled the crack with gum. I put duct tape over it and let the heat from the ground kind of seal it. It works. <laughs> My radiator hose, I did the same thing. I chewed some bubble gum, I filled it, and I put the duct tape over it. With the hose, though, since that was high pressure, I decided... <laughs> Let's put some zip ties. Like let let's let's be realistic here. Let's let's be smart. Even though yeah, that's all that I had. Um, 
I make it all the way to the Golden Gate Bridge, and I, I'm exhausted. I'm so tired. It, it's already like 10 o'clock at night, and I started this day at 5.30 in the morning. Oh, my gosh, dude. <laughs> I had, I think, one Gatorade, two waters, Doritos, and beef jerky. I had no lunch planned. I had nothing actually planned. I just went full set. By the time I get across the Golden Gate Bridge, I realize my mistake. I'm entering downtown San Francisco with a half-broken car. (laughs) My clutch is starting to slip. And I think to myself, should I just turn around, go back across to the other side and go take the easier route, which would have taken me, kept me on the highway pretty much. Yeah. And I said, no. You've made it this far. You're less than two hours from home. Let's go. <laughs> Let's just keep sending it. So I don't know if a lot of people know, but SF has huge hills. Yeah. Way too much traffic, stop signs, red lights everywhere. And I, I'm in a half broken outback. I lost my freaking mind going through <laughs> SF. My temp gauge actually was rising because I kept stopping and going, stopping and going. And when I would stop, that's when I'd be leaking my coolant. But when I'm moving, I wouldn't. And I I don't know why it did that. So I lost my mind going through SF. And then I finally, finally hit the freeway again. I get home. I laid on my driveway and literally just thanked God, like, how did I make this? Yeah. How, how did how did <laughs> chewing gum, duct tape, and I, I still remember to the, no, it was Gorilla Tape. It was the silver ultra-wide Gorilla Tape, and the roll was half gone. I used the entire roll. <laughs> um, but yeah, to anyone listening, bring bring equipment with you. Bring at least tool sets, you know, maybe an extra radiator hose or something. You know, anything can happen out there on the trail. And ideally, another person. Exactly. You you really should bring another person. I mean, that that is ideal. If you're out there in the middle of nowhere and let's say you pop your radiator cap, a radiator hose pops off, you know, you scrape a rock, you ding up your oil pan, you lose all your oil. That really is worst case scenario but if you have a friend with you leave your car lock it park it off the side of the road if you have a winch if you have toe straps tow your car to a safe location go pick up what you need go call AAA. go do whatever you have to do i really wish i followed the truck home Because he said he was going back up and over the hill, which would have only added another 30 minutes of driving. Yeah. Instead, I chose the other route. And he did not warn me of the big dip, which, I mean, he might not have known. Yeah. He said he lived on a complete different side of the mountain. But here's the thing, Ryan. If you had just followed the truck out, you wouldn't have this cool, funny story to tell. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I, you know, every time I, oh, and by the way, I still don't have fog lights in my bumper. 
and I had to replace the bumper. I had to take the fog lights out. I had to actually put the Gorilla duct tape on my fog lights. I realized that it was glass. Yeah. So as I was doing my radiator and I kind of had to pull myself out of my car from underneath, I actually cut my hands because of the broken glass. Jeez. It wasn't it wasn't terrible, but it was enough to be like, oh, yeah. This punctures my tire. I don't have a spare tire. And I started thinking of this is really bad. <laughs> this is really, really bad. Yeah. But you know what? What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And I learned a valuable lesson. Don't go trailing alone. And if you do, bring bring traction boards, bring a strap, bring, you know, fluids with you and maybe some creative ways to do a quick fix just to get you off the trail. I'd say that's the most important thing besides having fun. Yeah, but also your your point earlier is is very very key is going somewhere if you want to hit some trails then just to get away from everything and maybe just to kind of clear your head and and just get out. I think it's very very important that you go somewhere that you are familiar with because then you won't have issues like that in places that you know that you can make it. Exactly. And I mean if you're sending like like I am do some research. Don't just, you know, get an address, get, you know, a Google pen. And, you know, this is back before smartphones were a thing. I mean, iPhones were out, but yeah, I don't remember them having all this, these awesome apps that we have nowadays yeah. for trailing. Yeah. I literally put an address into my phone and for almost four hours, I wasn't following GPS. It, it cut. It was gone. I was solely going off of what I remember from the forum. Left, right, left, right. And you know what? I made it out alive. So I guess it did work out in my favor. Yeah. Well, you uh, So you have Rugged Roo Crew coming down. I know you're going to meet some people there, but... Is there somebody that you've connected with in the community that you would most like to meet? Oh my goodness. Where do I even start there? There's probably a lit. There'd be a paragraph list of people. (laughs) I I, want to see, I want to trail with places. I want to go. Um, you know, I think the entire Rugged Rook community as a whole, I want I want to visit. I want to hang out. I want to go to their 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 boba meet. Yeah. And you should go do trailing. Um every single Sofro Nation chapter, especially since I'm gonna be going to Phoenix in December for the holidays, I'm hoping that you know I can meet up with Freedom Foz. Um, snake in my boots and totally blanking on his name or his Instagram handle, but he's got the Jeep Gladiator and I cannot wait to meet those three because there's, there's a group chat of all the SN chapters and those guys crack me up. (laughs) I love their personalities. Yeah. It's, uh, 
there's a lot of fun had in the uh, in the chat. So I I pop in there, like I said, every once in a while, and I'm just like, oh my god, what are these people talking about? You're you're gone for a couple of days. You come back, and there's 200 messages, and it's like, whoa. Yeah, you got to scroll for days. It's like, oh wow, there's a lot going on in here. And but it's fun. You know what? You know what? <laughs> One of the funniest things too is. We'll spend hours talking about Crocs. <laughs> I know. <laughs> which, you know. Yeah, Daniel and his Crocs. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I may or may not have Crocs inbound. I haven't told him yet, but, you know, maybe I'll have to tell him before Monday. Monday hits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this is a kind of a different question, but so you have two Subarus now. But if you were told that to add to your collection, if you were told that you could pick any brand new Subaru, which model would you pick and why? Does it have to be brand new? Yes, that's the question. <laughs> oh, man. That's tough, actually. You, if it's Subaru, I think I would actually get either the Outback Wilderness or the Forester Wilderness. Yeah, it kind of, it kind of depends. I like the Forester because it has more headroom, so I could actually build a platform, rip the back seats out, build a platform, and still have a bed with headspace. There you go. But then, on the other hand, the Outback is longer and shorter, so it's yeah. a little more nimble out there on trails. And I mean, the Outbacks are is their flagship vehicle. That thing has been put through the ringer. Yeah, they're pretty That's insane. I I can't choose one or the other because I haven't test driven them. I have sat in both and I prefer the Forester. So just to answer, I think I'm going to have to go Forester Wilderness. There and you go. there actually is a color already I want that yeah. forest-ish green that bronze, you know, like accents that Subaru did. Yeah. I would yeah. match that color to the rims and everything else. Yeah. That would look good. All right. That's well, a tough question. Yeah. I mean, it's a good question. I think, you know, because I know there's a lot of love for the older Subarus because um, there's a lot of awesome cars and there's still cars that I'm learning about, you know, because there's so many out there. And especially when people talk about the different engines and stuff, I'm like, I have no clue. But because I just, there's still a lot of research that I need to do. I think it'd be cool to have somebody on sometime to talk about all the different engines, you know, that uh, that they've used in the Subarus. But I think that would be an interesting episode. But so uh, you, you'd actually be surprised. They're they're all very similar. The EJs, there's non-turbo versus turbo. You've got two liter EJs, you've got 2.5 liter EJs. And the EJ has been in the Subarus for over a decade, even more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so to wrap it up, how would you say that owning your Subaru and being a part of the Subaru and Soft Road Nation community has changed your life? Oh, immensely. Uh, first off, when just being in Arizona and seeing that legacy outback for the first time, I always had a racing 
kind of passed. So when Zero was doing, you know, the World Rally Championship, having the Hawkeye STI, I was fascinated with Subaru. But I never thought of owning one besides, you know, the turbo sedans. Yeah. So when I found the Outback, it almost was exactly what I needed at the time and exactly what my childhood self wanted with the hood scoop and everything. Yeah. So that opened my eyes to Subaru. Then modifying it and meeting Mountain Rue, SN, all these amazing friends that, you know, I call family at this point has completely changed my life for the better. And having this hobby, this background and family really is truly a blessing. I mean, I couldn't have asked for a better family right now. Our our crew is amazing. I love them all. Yeah. If you if you guys are listening to this, I love you. Y'all are amazing. They better keep, be listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I kept everything hush hush because I didn't really want anyone to, you know, say anything or leak it. So yeah, so they nobody, actually have no idea. That's awesome. I I love it. That's, yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, because mon- come Monday they're gonna be like, what? <laughs> exactly. That's so cool. Well, uh, it was uh, it was great having you on and hearing your stories. Cool seeing you again, even though it's uh, through the computer. But it was cool that we have actually met in person, and I look forward to seeing you again at Subi Fest. Oh, I cannot wait to see you at Subi Fest. Uh, you know, another thing that is dropping and uh, software nation Orcal is stickers and flags. That's... You're gonna be one of the first more East Subarus <laughs> that's gonna be repping our stickers. Yeah, uh, I. I can't wait to see you again, you know, have fun at Subi Fest, hand you those stickers and have an amazing weekend. And yeah. honestly, this was an honor being on your podcast. This this has been amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, it's there's still a lot of people on the list and then there's still a lot of people out there that I haven't even reached out to. So it's uh you know, it's it's been a rough week. Um there's times that I get discouraged. Uh, so getting on here again and actually recording and having a great conversation, it, it just, and the messages that I get, it's like what all really helps keep me going. Plus the support too. Exactly. And you know, that that's kind of why I make family friends. Uh, I build such this amazing community. It's because of things like this where you know, you may feel down one day, you can always reach out and I'm going to lift you up, keep you going and keep this podcast moving. Because honestly, I've actually binged about eight episodes. I, I spent all day at work, you know, nice. testing filter <laughs> fan units, just listening to yeah. your podcast. And it, it's been amazing. I love this. Thank you. Thank you. It's uh, It's been quite the journey. And you know, it's like, like I said, it's been, it's been a rough week, but sometimes it gets hard to think about keeping it going on top of a full-time job and being a dad and being in a long distance relationship and then other things. But, 
I just, I feel like there's so much potential with it and that I'm really just getting started and I don't want to end up not continuing and not getting to see where it ends up going, you know? I don't think you're ever going to stop this because I can hear the passion. I can see why you do this interviewing like this, all the companies, the special guests. I mean, you had rally car drivers on here. You've had Subaru. You've had companies, big time companies. This is, this is truly something amazing for the community and very much needed. So I think everyone needs to send a big thank you when this gets posted to the Subia New Podcast, and especially Raphael. Go, uh, go check out Pearl the Crosstrek and go give him some love. Thank you. Thank you. Of course. All right, man. Well, uh, yeah, it was, uh, again, it was nice having you on and seeing you. Um, so thank you. Thank you for taking the time to do it. Oh, it was my pleasure. No, thank you for having me. I know you have a long list, so I was honored to be doing this. Yeah, you've been on the list for a while. Yeah, my nerves really have kind of gotten the best of me. And finally, I said yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad you did. I think you'll be glad you did, too. I already am, you know. I'm good. It actually wasn't that that nerve wracking. And anyone who gets reached out, don't be nervous. It, this has been a blast. I I couldn't have had a better afternoon after also a very intense day of work. So I kind of feel your your rough work week and just week in general. Yeah, it's been tough. So this really has helped me out a lot. Yeah, me too. So, well, you have a good night, and uh, we'll keep in touch, and we'll get this thing out on Monday. Awesome. I cannot wait to hear how nervous I sounded and how great I hopefully did. No, man, it was awesome. You didn't sound nervous. You sounded great. And uh, I love the stories. I think oh, there's a lot more that I can tell you, but we'll we'll leave it at what we found. Yeah, I know. That's that's the <laughs> other that's the other hard part, too, is like there's just so much you can talk about, but there's only so much time to do the episode. Exactly. And, you know, I'm going to see what Subi Fest is in three weeks. You know, I might have to bug you again for a little bit and tell you a funny story with the Baja. All right. Very similar to what I did with my Outback. All right. Well, cool. We'll take it easy and uh, I'll get in touch with you later about some other stuff. Awesome. Sounds good. All right. Thanks. Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Subi and You podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Ryan, a.k.a. That Radwagon. If you're not doing so, go give him a follow on Instagram. And also go follow Soft Road Nation NorCal and Soft Road Nation. And you know what? Just go follow all the Soft Road Nation chapters. They are all a great group of people, and I'm thankful to be a part of that family and to have had many of the guests on the podcast. There are still some more out there that I would like to get on the podcast from Soft Road Nation, so we will see if we can get them to agree to do that. So anyway, thanks again for tuning in. If you would, go rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts and also go rate it on Spotify. You can also support the podcast by joining Patreon and joining our awesome little community. Go to subianupodcast.com and you can join right there on the front page. It says 
support the podcast. So thank you all so much. I hope you all have a great week and we will see you Wednesday for the Subi Scoop. <laughs>